The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio Show. Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management has offices in Bend, Eugene, and John Day, serving clients from all over the Northwest. Give us a call today for your free retirement review. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. If you'd like to take us up on one of those free retirement reviews, Mr. Josh Finelli or me, Mr. Tyler Simonis, will give you an hour of our time. How exciting. Uh, to talk about anything in your... Tim's just distracted today and not getting him to laugh at all. Uh, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in our financial... I need to be funny is what your point is. Uh, anything in your financial life. So if you want to sign up for a free retirement review and you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call the office. The number here is 800-743-0988. Or you can send us an email. Go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let us know you'd like a free retirement review. So uh, this is under the title of The Hardest Game. So Josh and I meet with prospective clients all the time, and even even current clients, and they all, I feel like, have this sense that uh, the market can be beaten and be beaten relatively relatively easy, right? Because that's the sense that CNBC gives you or Box Business or Bloomberg or any of these financial channels. They give you the sense, and all these people that they parade in front of you on TV – they make it seem like they're just trouncing the market and you are a buffoon for not, right? Uh, and the reality is none of them are because we have the data, and the data is pretty clear that professional money managers don't beat their benchmark. Um, but there's the sense that, that you know by picking great businesses that you can beat the market, and that does sound make sense, right? But it's just not the reality. Most public companies over their lifetime lose money. Stock returns, 96% of the S&P 500's return is driven by 4% of the companies in the index. And that's just true. And you're not going to be able to pick those names. Uh, and so I'm looking at a chart of the S&P 500 versus Berkshire Hathaway over the last 20 years. And Berkshire Hathaway is a wonderful business won by, run by one of the best capital allocators in the history of the world, uh, history of mankind. Um, and over the last 20 years, the S&P 500 is up. 523% and Berkshire Hathaway is up 489%. 489% is a lot, but guess what? Just buying the S&P and doing nothing, you trounced Warren Buffett, one of the greatest capital allocators in the history of the world. So it's really hard. I know that Warren Buffett is a better investor than I am. I know he's better than Josh, and I know he's better than everybody out there listening unless Jim Simons is listening, right? There's a few guys that could be listening that maybe might be better than Buffett. Uh, and so if Buffett, with all the time and, and information and experience, ha- can't beat the market, why do you – or think, why do you think your advisor in East BF, wherever you live, is going to be I think another important caveat is he's not doing armchair stock picking. He's, like, actually operating businesses. So, you know, when they acquire you know, a controlling share count or whatever, buy the whole thing, they go in there and actually run it. So it's completely distinct from stock picking in that regard. And. Uh, maybe, you know, I think it obviously leads to a significant degree of outperformance over time that's not available to the armchair stock picker, if you will, because the fundamentally different strategies for owning a business. Yeah, I'm not even talking about Berkshire Hathaway, like the structure. I'm just talking about it's really hard. To of course. No, I, I mean, I, I get your point, And, you know, the data itself bears it out, whether it's 97 percent of active managers underperforming large cap stock funds or but, 99 but, in the case of small caps. But more importantly, like your these people that are listening to right now, their financial advisor being able to beat the market. Come on, that's laughable or them. them they themselves. Uh, and there was a period here just that just ended in February where a lot of you were beating the market because well, you were picking meme how, stocks, how but many, that, that has all been erased. How many meetings did we have in 2021 where people laughed at us? And you know, I remember a lot of them very specifically because I would wa- add some of their stocks to my watch list. And, uh, you know, of course, avoiding the downside is how you ultimately make the money. And They were your shorts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know what happened since. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. They, they, we don't get those texts and emails anymore from those people. Uh, it's weird how that happens. Well, they didn't. They never needed us. Okay. Yeah. Right. So here is the the other thing I wanted to bring up in this segment, um, because I, people really don't understand the drivers of returns in their portfolios. And when I do the, we do these free retirement reviews and we talk about where returns come from in an investment portfolio, there's a huge confusion out there. And and whether it's your investment portfolio or your real estate portfolio, there's two kinds of drivers of returns. There's capital appreciation, right? So a stock or a house going up in price. So let's say a stock goes from five to 10, that's capital appreciation. A house goes from uh, 100,000 to 200,000, that's capital appreciation. The other driver of return that's still important, but I think what most people think about is yield, is income. And so if you think about, um, you know, the S&P 500 historically has yielded 2 to 2.5%. Right now it's lower than that, but let's say it's about 2 or 2.5%. And, um, and so you look at the long-term returns of the S&P 500, let's say at 10%, 75% of those returns have come from capital appreciation with only 25% coming from yield. And most people, when they come to our office for a free retirement review, uh, they think, okay, well, what's, what am I, what's my portfolio going to yield? And, you know, we, Josh and I think we're at, they're asking us, what's my portfolio return going to be? But really what they're trying to get at is like, what's the yield my portfolio is going to produce an in income? And that's the return in my mind I should be thinking about. There's this whole distinction between income and total return. And an, almost no one that we meet with frames it in a total return perspective, where if you looked back over the last 20 years of all of the best performing businesses out there, very few of them actually performed a dividend or had or, a meaningful or issued, dividend. A, issued any kind of meaningful dividend and that's the point and when you own them within the, in, the index you can capture that and of course still get a little bit of that dividend yield from the overall index itself but uh you, you look at all of those high yielding names and what they've actually done over the last tr the trailing 20 plus years uh many of them have dramatically underperformed the S&P and people tell us you know regardless all we care about is the income, and that's not true because the, the dis, you're able to take higher distributions with a higher total return than you otherwise would be if you were just living off of so-called dividend income. So if you think about a lot of publicly traded businesses out there, you know, there's two ways they can attract investment dollars, being a great operator, being a great business like Apple is. Or they might be a crappy business, but they try to attract investment dollars by paying a big yield, by issuing more shares, by sort of quasi-Ponzi scheme. And so they might have a 7 or an 8% dividend yield, but the stock price doesn't go anywhere for 20 years. Uh, and people look at that as like an attractive investment while they're being diluted the whole time. And the reality is, is that in a recession, those are the businesses that fail or do, you know, they, their stock prices go down 80 or 90%. And so if you are an investor, especially a retired investor focused on income in your portfolio, you are taking tremendous amounts of risk that you absolutely shouldn't be taking and don't need to be taking. And so like Josh and I talk about, we think of it as a total return approach, but we're much more focused on the capital appreciation in a portfolio than we are in the income. Once you start to go down the income road, whether it's your advisor or you start to focus on income, you are ratcheting up the risk tremendously and, and just doing something that is not what it's not going to yield the results that you're ultimately after uh, because, you know, your returns are going to be lower. They're going to be less tax efficient. You're not going to have control over the taxes you're going to be paying. And then what ultimately you give to your beneficiaries is going to be a smaller amount. And it's also going to lead you to make some probably rash decisions because you're going to have some torpedoes in your portfolio. So, Total return is capital appreciation plus some yield, but don't focus on the yield. Focus on the capital appreciation because that's what drives 75 to 80% of a portfolio's return is the capital appreciation. Now, if you're in the housing market, it's the opposite. If you're in the real estate market, you should be solely focused on income and not capital appreciation. And I know you think I'm crazy because the last 30 years, it's all about, about capital appreciation. But if you look at the most successful real estate investors, they focus on income. They care less about uh, price over time because the income is where they get their, they drive their return. All right, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short five or six minute video in the middle and end of every month uh, to get added to that list, uh, we send it out. Uh, go, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Send us an email. Just say, add me 
to your e-newsletter list. When, we're, when we come back, we're going to talk about cleaning up your portfolio in this volatile market. There are still some things you should be doing. Stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. a morning walk to get you going with the afternoon i got ahead of me i really need it what are you doing in the afternoon i gotta figure out my did you say med mm -hmm. medicare it might not be the most pleasant topic but it doesn't have to be uncomfortable especially when you have pacific source medicare get zero dollar premiums dental benefits zero dollar prescription deductibles no referrals required to see a specialist rewards for taking care of your health and more Plus, service from a local person, not an automated phone tree or an offshore call center. Find your plan and get on with life. Don't fear Medicare. Get help from a plan that goes beyond what's required. Pacific Source Medicare. Medicare annual enrollment ends December 7th. Visit MedicareBeyond.org today. Pacific Source Community Health Plans is an HMO, HMOD SNP, and PPO plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with Oregon Health Plan, Medicaid. Enrollment in Pacific Source Medicare depends on contract renewal. over due to popular demand. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Save thousands. Be advised. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. 18-month interest-free financing. Brand new 2022 inventory ready for immediate delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Huge factory incentives, factory rebates. This week and only Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. We can remove your old hot tub. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Come see the revolutionary new swim spa in action at exceptional prices. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Just relax and enjoy. Today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Today, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Free admission. Free parking. Free delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center, Redmond. Call 888-SPA-SALE or visit hottubandswimspasale.com. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country needs. We take pride in our work, pride in our service. We built our business on integrity. We're all part of a working family. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country needs. Visit any coastal store in the Pacific Northwest for the best selection of products for your ranch and home. From fashion to fencing to feed. With name brands you know and trust, you'll find the biggest selection of jeans and boots in the Northwest. And one of the biggest sections of Carhartt and Wrangler anywhere. Plus shop sporting goods, animal health, lawn and garden, and much, much more. Coastal, since 1963, we're just what the country needs. Coastal Farm and Ranch, we're just what the country needs. Visit CoastalFarm.com for locations, ads, and offers. Financial Focus Radio Show is online all the time via iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker. Catch past shows online or by finding us on iTunes. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us on this chilly weekend here in the Pacific Northwest. We appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. If you'd like to be part of the program, have a question or comment, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So we all know that uh, stock prices are lower in 2022 
and so you say to yourself, well, is the market getting cheaper, right? They measure lots of, most people measure the market on a price to earnings, the price of a stock versus its earnings gives you its PE ratio. Um, and so you say, well, where's the market trading historically? Uh, and it's gotten cheaper. So the market was really expensive. As Josh said, it was priced for perfection. I don't think it was priced for perfection. It was priced very expensively at the end of last year. What's perfection? What's the PE? Right multiple? here, baby. What's the, You're looking what's, at it. What's the PE multiple of perfection? <laughs> it, it, well, in my world, it's single digits. <laughs> single digit multiples. Like 1982, those are the multiples I like. When s stocks were trading at four and five times, that meant you, when the stocks trade at four and five times, then you can have a 20-year bull market. Uh, but anyways, we, we digress. So stocks got got expensive they've gotten cheaper but they're not when you look at the dispersion of price to earnings multiples over time they're by no means cheap and i am in the camp that i think earnings are going to that's the e and the pe i think are going to continue to decline and so what does that mean either stocks are going to get more expensive because they're going to stay where they are and earnings are going to drop or stocks are going to come down uh, as earnings decrease. And I think most likely with higher interest rates, that means the price to earnings multiple is going to come down. Because remember, um, low interest rates means the multiples can be higher. Uh, when rates go higher, that means multiples generally trade lower. And so if we are in a higher interest rate environment, which nobody can dispute at this point, I guess people will say we're going to go back to the low one or that's wishful thinking, uh, then that means uh, if earnings are declining and we're in a higher rate environment, that means guess what has to come down? The P. Uh, and so last week was great, but I wouldn't get used to 6% weekly returns in the market. Yeah, it's under the surface, uh, on the, at least on the index level. Um, you know, of course, we're still seeing a little bit of earnings growth, but we know it all just comes from <laughs> one, one place. We're not seeing earnings growth in the places but that matter. Did, did we, do you have that stat for the week? Are we doing that this, this show where you know, the actual dispersion amongst S&P sectors is the highest it's ever been? Energy relative to communication services. Did you toss that one? I don't know what I did with that, but yeah, sounds right. It, yeah, so the, what, what I mean to say is just that the, the, you know, of the 13 sectors in the S&P, energy is outperforming the S&P by 50-plus percent, and uh, communication services, which you know is that new segment with uh, the Googles of the world in it, uh, is underperforming dramatically. And so that dispersion between energy and communication services is so massive, uh, and of course energy is the only sector leading to earnings growth on the index. And remember when everybody left oil for dead and this and this this reason Josh and I bring this up is what does this all point to? What does this all remind us of? All signs point back to indexing. <laughs> That's why the inverse Kramer ETF is perhaps one of the <laughs> Yeah. He's such a doofus. Yeah. Uh, before we talk about some things you should be doing in this volatile market with your portfolio, I want to remind people that have actively managed mutual funds, which there are a lot of you out there listening because we see those portfolios. Uh, so you have losses in those mutual funds, right? Those actively managed mutual funds year to date. Uh, but guess what? While you're down on those portfolios, you're going to get kicked in the face in December if you don't do something about it. Uh, and what I mean by that is lots of these actively managed fund companies are going to be distributing capital gains. Remember, they're buying and selling all year. And then if they have gains, they distribute those to the shareholders of record in December. Uh, and you have to pay taxes on those if they're in a taxable account. So not only are you down in value, now you're going to get a capital gain distribution that you're going to have to pay taxes on. So it's like getting kicked while you're down. Um, if, if, but real quick, if you, don't, if you want to avoid that, you can sell those uh, and realize a couple of things. A tax loss... Uh, and you can avoid that capital gain distribution. The estimates are already available, and there are some widely held funds out there that are kicking off 30% capital gains distributions uh, this year. So uh, keep an eye out for that. If you sell them before December, you can avoid that. So remember, uh, another sign that all things point back to indexing because indexing is so much more tax efficient. Remember, your returns in your portfolio always are going to be after tax because guess what? The dollars that you can spend are after-tax dollars. Okay, let's talk about some things that you should be thinking about as it relates to your money uh, in a volatile market or the volatility we're seeing. Uh, first thing is your asset allocation. So things things that you need to be thinking about is is considering rebalancing. So Josh and I, 
in our business. We employ rules-based investing. And so when we rebalance our client portfolios is based on rules that we have preset, not based on what the market's doing, but based on our preset rules. And so you should have those rules in place when you're going to be rebalancing your portfolio. If you don't, you need to set those. But now is one of those times that you could consider rebalancing. And what's going to happen? You're going to be selling bonds. And, well, depending on what bonds you own. <laughs> yeah. uh, in our case, we, if we were selling bonds, our bonds are up in value. You'd be selling bonds and buying stocks. So it will, won't feel good, but you have to hold your nose and do it. Um, uh, again, this is, goes back to what we were just talking about. Review your active versus passive strategy. So if you have actively managed funds versus passively managed funds, uh, you should review that mix. Uh, Josh and I are of the opinion. Actually, it's not our opinion. It, our, our, our conclusion is based on data, and the data comes from Spiva looking at actively managed mutual funds versus the benchmarks, and it's very abundantly clear that almost all investors should be owning indexes. And I know our peers in the industry don't like us for saying that, but they can't argue with the data. I'm just I'm looking here out at the parking lot and seeing some of our peers and, and realizing they wouldn't like that, but the, the truth is the truth, and I'm not going to um, sugarcoat it. You've got a great chance to diversify concentrated equity positions out there. Uh, if you've been to the benefit of concentration on the way up, it's also a, a large detriment on the way down. So especially if it's held in a taxable account, uh, reduced capital gains now give you an opportunity to actually reallocate that when share prices are lower as well. You can look at how tax efficient your holdings are. So again, the, if you are uh, an indexer, you should be holding ETFs. ETFs, the structure is the most tax efficient way. I mean, owning individual stocks is really tax efficient, but we don't uh, pr we don't think that most people should be doing that. So look at your portfolio. Uh, own indexes and in, in the ETF form, and it's going to be really tax efficient. The other thing that you can be thinking about with markets down is uh, evaluating whether it makes sense to do a Roth conversion, right, Josh? I mean, like Roth conversions in a down market, what do we say, though, about Roth conversions? Do them if you can pay the taxes external to the conversion itself. So don't pay the taxes with withholding between the traditional and the Roth. Yeah, um, take a look at your, your where you're taking money from. You know, so one of the things that we uh, spend time with our clients, especially retired clients, is figuring out their most tax-efficient withdrawal strategies. So most people out there have taxable accounts and uh, you know qualified retirement accounts, and so figuring out sort of your withdrawal rate strategy from all of your different accounts and sort of doing it in the most uh, tax-efficient way. Look at your spending rates, and then look at your liquidity situation. You know there are now options too for your emergency funds. There's finally yield in the short end of the yield curve, uh, and so looking at your options there uh, definitely makes some uh, sense. Uh, if you'd like to be part of the program, if you have a question or a comment, give us a call. The number here is eight seven seven six seven zero seven one one seven, or you can always send us an email by going to our website. Uh, NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com box will pop up and you can send us an email. If you'd like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a video in the middle and end of every month. Uh, send us an email. Let us know you'd like to be added to the e-newsletter list. Uh, when we come back, this is going to be Josh's favorite segment. I'm going to put the soapbox right under Josh and he's going to go off. So stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com.
Looking for some mouth-watering brats, kielbasa, and Italian sausages to light up your grill? Chef Fiddler here from We're the Worst. We bring the old world to your table. Let me be frank. No store-bought dogs here. You'll taste the simplicity of only high-quality ingredients. We ship directly to you right from our Central Oregon warehouse. Enjoy the best with the worst. Worst? Versht. That's right. We're the Worst. Find sausages at we'rethewurst.com. That's W-U-R-S-T.com. Dear gas prices, go take a hike. Toyota is the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. The Toyota hybrid lineup brings efficiency with power, savings with style, and top-notch tech to keep you connected. Not to mention plush premium interiors and the most advanced Toyota safety features. So, now you know who you're talking to. Toyota the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years. Toyota, the brand with a hybrid or electric vehicle for every driver. Toyota, the brand that helps save you money at the pump. Now, let me ask you a question, dear gas prices. You really think you can stand in the way of the number one retail brand for electrified vehicles for 22 years? <laughs> think again. Toyota hybrids. Find yours at toyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Based on manufacturer estimates, CY 2000 through 2021 sales. This year for the holidays, Indian Head Casino will not be plucking any turkeys. Aww. Here, turkey, turkey, turkey. Because it's our $70,000 plucking pork prizes. Yay! Every Friday and Saturday at Indian Head Casino, win your share of $22,000 in cash and prizes. $22,000. That's great. Cool. With a top prize of $900 in cash. $900 in cash. So start earning entries now. This is so exciting. You can win thousands of dollars in cash and prizes with $22,000 to be given away every Friday and Saturday. Listen up, everyone. It's Indian Head Casino's $70,000 plucking for prizes. Yes! I am so excited. I've been winning this. With your chance to win big every Friday and Saturday all month long. Where are you going to be? Today could be your lucky day. Indian Head is where the winners play. You must be 21. Management reserves all rights. See the Players Club for details. Create wonderful memories and a spectacular gingerbread house during Sun River Resort's 27th Annual Gingerbread Junction Fundraising Event. On display in the lodge through the holidays, proceeds benefit Habitat for Humanity of Lapine Sun River. SunRiverResort.com forward slash gingerbread. The studio's newsroom and offices at KBND Radio have been dust bunny free for years. We rely on affordable, quality maintenance. Keep your facilities customer ready with dependable, detailed people. We recommend affordable, quality maintenance. Online at aqmgenitorial.com. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. These are tough times for everyone. So dealing with your timeshare may not be your biggest concern. But when this passes, do you still want a lifetime of payments, fees, and commitments for a timeshare you were misled into buying? Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshares and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better better than me and my team. Today, we have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-611-5252. That's 800-611-5252. 800-611-5252. The mission is clear. Give honest, transparent analysis and actionable advice every week. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube and get our twice-monthly e-newsletter. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Uh, if you caught some of that, Josh and I were just talking about this. You know, this Sam Bankman-Fried FTX blow-up uh, is, is this ongoing saga that we're, we're sure going to know more about. But uh, this guy, so he, here's the thing, like one of the... the things that is frustrating for most Americans is that these these white collar criminals get get away with thefts that are dollar amounts that are unimaginable. Um, and this guy, you know, it looks like there's some $50 billion hole. They're filing bankruptcy, all this stuff. Real People are going to re lose real money. 
Um, and so one of the things that's challenging is we were just talking about this guy needs to go to jail, not like country club jail. The, he needs to go to Bubba jail where like you can't pick up the soap jail. Like th- this has to stop, right? This, these white collar criminals getting, you know, go to go to country club, Bernie Madoff jail. Uh, and so there's going to be more that plays out on this. But this guy, just, Josh was just telling me he was selling shares in the company FTX, which wasn't publicly traded uh, to a dis- as, at a discount to the employees of the business so they could raise more money. I mean, this was one giant Ponzi scheme. As recently unbelievable. As, as recently as June. When he knew that, that the ship was sinking. And, you know, I mean, the, the whole Glass-Degall Act, people will remember from, you know, the late 90s. Of course, that was trying to... Glass-Steagall, but... Glass-Steagall was separating the retail from the investment bank and, you know, having one hand in each cookie jar made these banks do some very bad things and hence dividing them was the right solution from a regulatory standpoint. And, you know, the irony of SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, is he's out there uh, testifying in front of Congress... (laughs) As the expert. (laughs) ...disparaging the traditional banking system... Yeah. uh, for so-called lack of transparency while he's running like this trading firm parallel to the exchange. And of course, at the exchange, it's, you know, a mechanism to transfer money between counterparties. You shouldn't, of course, be using customer funds to fund your own trading operations. But, you know, of course, they're based in Antigua. So good luck with recourse to courts there. Uh, and buyer, you know, buyer beware for a lot of this stuff. Of, you know, the terms of service for many of these exchanges indicate that the assets held there are actually the property of the exchange itself and not yours. Uh, so, but so caveat emptor. But you know, the big issue, of course, is like it was all a farce, and you know, the, the emperor, Huge tru- farce, the yeah. emperor truly had no clothes. And it, you know, the retail investor that ultimately gets screwed from this deal is it's just so sad and like. Keep receipts. So all the financial advisors that were recommending this crypto stuff, because uh, it was pretty obvious from anyone paying attention that this, you know, decentralized finance universe uh, was just a bunch of different, a litany of small Ponzi schemes. And uh, here, as this, you know, higher rate environment continues, I think you're just going to see a procession of blowups like this over and over and over again. And all of these guys out there that were talking about traditional financial services being total BS. Uh, you know, it's they truly had no understanding that hundreds of years of the evolution of banking actually amounted to an industry with, uh, you know, well, there's certainly unscrupulous actors within it. Uh, there's a but reason there's that, regulatory yeah, oversight. There's a reason that regulatory authorities and institutions have evolved to be what they are. And it took a lot of a lot of time and a Herculean efforts over literally centuries to get where we are today. And they thought that it was all BS. And I just, you know, it's almost laughable in hindsight. Well, so, I mean, we were calling for, I mean, we still believe that cryptocurrency is rat poison, just like Charlie Munger does. I wouldn't take all, I wouldn't spend $25 to buy all the cryptocurrency in the world today. Uh, The value is in the blockchain technology. There's absolutely value in that. uh, But the players in that world are going to be the MasterCards and the Visas and American Expresses and the banks. Those are those are going to who and in the U.S. government. I mean, let's let's face it. Crypto, as we know, it will be called U.S. dollar and the the the, uh, blockchain technology will be used. But the idea that crypto was somehow an inherent value because it was there was a certain amount, limited amount, all that BS is just a crock. And like it was rife. The amount of bad actors and the amount of bad behavior that has gone on with crypto since its inception and since it's become part of the mainstream is mind boggling. It just it essentially at the end of the day just represents a bunch of conspirators that got together to rip off lemmings. Yeah. Like, well, the lemmings, some of them were big private equity firms. Totally. <laughs> you know, when you read like the due diligence that these, you know, white call, you know, very, very high end VC firms were supposedly doing on these companies like it amounted to a absolute farce. Cheerleading. They were cheerleading the guy while he was playing video games. All right. Let's talk about the reason the Fed is going to keep the rate hike going. Uh, the unemployment rate in this country is still 3.7%. That is below full employment, lowest since the 60s. Uh, that get, clears the deck to, for the Fed to continue to raise interest rates because uh, they have two mandates. Josh thinks they're going to change one of their mandates. The first mandate is full employment. The second is uh, they say they, they want 2% inflation. Josh thinks that they're, they're going to wave their magic wand and turn, change that two to three. <laughs> well, I think they have to only because of debt service and you know the debt to GDP being historically way too high for 
you know, a sustainable dynamic where tax receipts are more than debt service payments. <laughs> and so uh, some version of that's got to change because we need inflation to erode the value of past debt obligations as a country to be healthy going forward. And uh, what does that mean? Bondholders uh, suck it, essentially. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I need Tim to play timpani here because I'm going to clear the deck so Josh can get out his soapbox. So, Josh, why don't you tell, uh, tell our listening audience what most financial advisors are really doing? Well, our office is across the street from – or not across the street, but across the hall from Wells Fargo. And, you know, of course, we get here at 6 in the morning and the market opens at 6.30 and we start to do work. And we – you know, of the few cars that actually come into our building here in Bend, uh, we get to see when our competition actually comes to work. And the funniest part, of, <laughs> the funniest part about it is mo they're mostly gone while the market is open, which uh, as your end user being the client uh, is kind of funny to us because most of them. Well, what, but what does that mean? So if they're not here during market hours, what does that mean? Because they're not actually doing the deliverable. Yeah. And, you know, we're not active traders and that's not what we're saying but uh keeping the temperature of your portfolio and taking advantages of dislocations throughout any given day uh these are things that your advisor you're paying them to do and to be on top of and it sort of blows our mind when we look at uh peers across the industry and just how little effort they actually put into their the business of the deliverable itself and uh, well because here's the, but the important thing to know is 80 plus percent of the financial advisors that exist, whether it's here in Bend or around the country, don't actually manage your money. So you go to them, you say, here's my portfolio. They're not the ones that are managing their money, your money. They're outsourcing it. That's why market hours don't matter to them. Yeah, and we get that and we understand it, but we... We don't do it. What do you mean we get it? We think it's, uh, we think it's ridiculous. No, I, I know, but I'm just mean like the... We understand why people go with these people because they try to pretend to be your friend and you like them as a person. And, you know, we like some of them, too, because we know them from different places. But uh, the irony of it is just that they're just another intermediary between you and the ultimate deliverable. And it's just another layer of fees. And to us, like end returns should matter more than whether or not you like a particular individual because they're ultimately the biggest hurdle between you and success. And if your goal is to maximize your return at the end of the day, then uh, understand that that relationship manager in and of themselves is an impediment uh, to you maximizing the value of your dollar. My guess is that you all have plenty of friends. You don't need another friend that's called a financial advisor just because they're a nice person. So the reality is uh, that's their hook is the relationship. But reality, you just don't – it doesn't matter. Most of these firms have relationship managers. They're, they're big national firms. They, they tell these men and women what to do with your money. And so – you're just they're just the go between between you and the the home office in New York or LA or wherever they are and and to us the way that the industry has gotten that that doesn't it's not necessary anymore like you don't need it, it's great you can still be friends with them and the the, te the test to see if they're actually your friend is when you fire them as their your financial advisor and, and they if call they still you. call you on yeah. your birthday that's the real test i i say to our clients like i'm friends with some of them but i, I you're not hiring me to be your well, friend that's not part of we it. have this running i'm joke. not that friendly we have this running joke where if we're going to an appointment and we're driving downtown and we pass a particular office on our way it, whether or not they're in the office and i can say like the percentage of time that they're actually there is like less than one in three i mean i kind of am jealous of their lives but <laughs> totally. i know our clients are <laughs> all right if you want to take us up on a free retirement view one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life call the office 800-743-0988 when we come back we'll tackle some of your emails stick around get your free one-hour retirement review meet with a northwest quadrant wealth management investment advisor today for free it's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Tell me, do you think 
Trying to buy a home right now? Call Advantage Mortgage. Are you a veteran looking to buy a home or refinance? Call Advantage Mortgage. You will be blown away at what they can do. They have helped vets save thousands of dollars on fees and long-term interest. Mortgage rates are the worst they have been in decades. The good news is Advantage Mortgage is an independent mortgage broker who can shop 130 lenders for you. Other lenders are stuck with the interest rates they offer. Find the Advantage.com. Visit them in Bend and in Sisters. NMLS number 1770599. Equal Opportunity Housing. Hi, it's the count for Sebastian's. Have you been to Sebastian's Seafood yet? They have a massive seafood selection with tons more than that, like grab-and-go salads and sushi, poke bowls, snack packs, and a restaurant where you can get your fish and chips, your lobster rolls, firecracker calamari, and the current special is a salmon burger. Any holiday parties planned? Get all your needs right there for a fantastic surf and turf. Now carrying steak and chicken, it's Sebastian's Seafood and Specialty Market. They're in the Grove at Northwest Crossing. Get in there and try them as soon as you can. We love it here, and we think you will too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dallas, California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows townhomes, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. You enjoy the quiet life, but you like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿De dónde eres? ¿De dónde eres? Babbel's interactive lessons are created by real language teachers and voiced by real native speakers using a modern conversation-based method. So in no time, you can start speaking confidently about real-life topics in another language. Nosotras vamos a México en dos días y ahora hablamos español. Gracias, Babbel. Sí, muchas gracias. <laughs> Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. Just go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Summer sure has been hanging around. When was the last time you got your heating and cooling serviced? As we dive into fall, that means winter is right around the corner. Hey, it's Eric G with Around the House. That annual maintenance is key to keeping that system running well and not leave any hanging out in the cold. Let's get that system all dialed in and ready for winter. Schedule that tune-up today. To thrive in the great indoors, visit PyramidHeating.com. Oregon CCB 59382. That's PyramidHeating.com. Get your free retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Call us today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. Welcome back to Financial Focus Radio. Thanks for joining us. My name's Tyler Simonos. That guy over there, he's Josh Finelli. And we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, where we are making friends with our peers in the industry all day, every day. I know we're going to be getting love letters from all the financial advisors and men. Love letters and glares every time they see us. Yeah. Bring it is all I can say. Bring it. Uh, Josh is pretty tough. Uh, just ask him. <laughs> uh, so this is an interesting thing. You know, you hear a lot about share buybacks and how great it is that companies are buying, you know, when you on an earnings call, we're going to, we have a $2 billion buyback or we have a billion dollar buyback or whatever the, the, they're going to buy back their shares. And so if you think about it, um, in the way that Warren Buffett would do it, you should be excited about that because as a shareholder, uh, let's say you own 10 shares of a company that own, that has a hundred shares outstanding 
and they buy and the company buys back 10 and now there's only not, not 90 shares outstanding as a shareholder you go from uh, you know your 10% ownership increases by whatever 2% uh, just by them buying the share back and so in that scenario it's it's a good setup where the company's buying shares back and you become a bigger and bigger owner of the company without you having to do anything well it sounds great when companies talk about it, but especially in the technology space, uh, when companies say they're buying share back, it's literally just to offset the dilution that happens from all of the RSUs, the restricted stock u- units that they give to their employees in the form of compensation. So if you look at a Google or a Facebook or an Amazon or any of these companies and you look at somebody that works there, uh, and let's say they make $250,000 in annual salary. That's their, their actual pay. They might make another $750,000 in restricted stock units. Uh, so their total comp for the year is a million bucks. But it, it only the only amount that comes out of the company coffers or cash flow is the two hundred and fifty. The seven hundred and fifty thousand or seven hundred and fifty thousand in RSUs, that's just created out of thin air. They're just creating more shares and issuing more shares and diluting you, the shareholder. And so when they pr- profess to be you know, these great companies that are shareholder friendly, they're buying stock back just to offset the ridiculous amount of shares that they're having to issue to compensate their highly compensated employees. When, when they're reporting uh, adjusted, adjusted EBITDA financial metrics, they're not treating stock-based compensation as an expense. Uh, so. And Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger went after this for decades, and they never got anywhere, and so they finally gave up. And but, it works as long as the broader stock market is willing to accept in you know, uh, Delay, at, the market, yeah. at the market equity issuance and your stock price is continuing to go up. But it, well, cr- it also works for the employees as long as the stock's going up. When yeah, your RSUs course. are underwater, and you fact, have a lot of unhappy employees. And it's awesome for management because they're not burning a lot of cash actually paying you. And uh, But it creates, you know, a version of a death spiral on the other side. And uh, the early 2000s are really a great example of this. <laughs> And, you know, we shall see how this one ends, but... Um, oh, we know how it ends. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's tackle some email questions. we got an email from a Craig J here in Ben. Craig says, should I care about the fee on my mutual funds if I'm getting high rates of return? <laughs> so, Craig, um, that's that's a good question. And um, I, I, the answer, you know, you would expect my answer to be no, but the answer is... Uh, the one of the biggest drivers or subtractors of return is high fees. And so over time, things are going to revert and that fee is ultimately going to be a drag. And, you know, unless you have the the three or 4% of the managers that outperform their benchmark, uh, over time, the high fee is going to catch up with you and you're going to underperform the benchmark. And so I think everybody should always, you know, there's some hedge funds out there that actually warrant or merit their fees. Jim Simons, who runs Renaissance Technology, none of us could get access to that fund, but he charges something like 4% management fees and 40% of profits. And even net of that, his returns are in the 30s per year since he started. So there are, you know, I'd happily play Jim Simons, uh, those ridiculous fees to get those returns. But for the rest of us, uh, the high fee is ultimately going to catch up with you and it's going to matter. And so, um, you know, th- they're doing something out of the ordinary to get those high fee- high returns. And chances are they're making bets. And at some point, they're not going to be getting the bets right. If you go back to the financial crisis and you look at all those people that were made famous by shorting the housing market, where are they now? They got they got rich and they got that one bet right, uh, but they haven't gotten anything else right since. Uh, you know, look at the guy Michael Burry or Jim Paulson or all these guys. They they got it right then and good for them, but it's been sort of a disaster since. Yeah, that's a pretty common, pretty common theme across that industry for sure. Uh, this comes from just SM. Maybe you know who you are, SM. Uh, SM says, I got caught up in the FOMO investing. And I, it took me a while to know what FOMO. Josh had to really – I kept asking him, what's FOMO? Fear of missing out, FOMO, for all, for all of you people that are uh, my Gen Xers or older. Tim, fear of missing out is FOMO, just so you know. Uh, so I got caught up in the FOMO investing craze at the end of last year. If I sell for losses, can I use those losses against income? Uh, Yes, you can, uh, depending on the holding period. Uh, so a lot of people out there 
that doubled down uh, right before Thanksgiving last year when the tide really started to turn. Uh, keep an eye out on when you actually bought those shares. Uh, you don't want to hold them over a year if you want to use it against ordinary income. So you want it to be characterized as a short-term loss. So but just describe the two di- – so there's long-term and short-term. Describe the difference. Yeah, so the tax once, once that holding period uh, is over a year, it is going to count as a long-term holding. So it's a capital gain, and so it will only go against – Capital other, loss. Uh, capital loss – in this case, you know, it just depends on, but, uh, you know, that the holding period is, is what matters here. So, uh, whether it's a year or shorter, uh, it will count against ordinary income. And if it's over a year, uh, it's going to be a, ca- a capital loss. Uh, I got Tom R and Ben says, I bought a real estate investment from a broker last year and recently noticed the price of the investment hasn't changed since I bought it. How- how can that be with the stock market and real estate down so much? It's most likely that you purchase some version of a non-traded REIT. Um, you know, we they're infamous in the industry for not really uh, accurately adjusting share prices. So you often get a statement that uh, doesn't necessarily reflect the market value of the fund. It'll often just you know that that your statement will just reflect what you paid. Uh, if you know, when you ultimately try to get liquidity from it, it will tell you what it's worth. And uh, in our experience, uh, that can be a disastrous scenario. So you may want to ask what uh, what would be the market price of these shares if I were to sell them, if you're even able to. What's crazy to me is that they can just post, let's say it's $10, which most of them just have a $10 price. What's crazy to me is we know there's a, we know that the market isn't $10, but they continue to be able to send out statements with the $10. And in a market like this, people think, wow, this is a great investment. I'm getting yield, and the price hasn't moved. But the reality is if you were to actually try to sell it, Good chance you're gonna get take a seventy or eighty percent discount. Yeah, and you know REITs are down twenty two percent year to date, so it makes sense that uh, any real estate investment you own may have a comparable return. All right, that's our show this week. Thanks for listening. Remember, buy low, sell high. We'll see you next week. been listening to partners of Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management on the radio show Financial Focus. Remember, you can email or call with your questions anytime during the week. Visit northwestquadrantwealth.com for more information. See you next week on Financial Focus. Any opinions expressed herein are given in good faith and are subject to change without notice and are only correct at the stated date of issue. Past performance is not always indicative of future results. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Securities, financial instruments, or strategies mentioned may not be suitable for all investors. Prices, values, or income from an investment mentioned in this report may fall against the interest of the investor, and the investor may get back less than the amount invested. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as a recommendation of particular securities, financial instruments, or strategies to you. Before acting on any recommendation on this material, you should consider whether it's suitable for your particular circumstances and, if necessary, seek professional advice.